Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Physiology Secrets Podcast, joined again by Tyler and Nick. Today we're going to talk about periodization. So very recent news is the Olympics is officially being postponed. Uh, you would assume a similar time next year. And we just want to talk about the, the implications on training periodization first, briefly on the Olympic standpoint, but then also everybody's race, anybody who's booked a race for the next six months is pretty much, if it isn't cancelled yet, it's, yeah. going to be, it's going to be postponed. So what you guys can do is, as age group triathletes, cyclists, runners, swimmers, um, to right now, uh, to try to peak at the right time when, we might not even know when the race is, you know, they'll announce it pretty late. So first, let's talk about the Olympics. Um, inevitable decision, really. Yeah. It, it was always going to happen. Now. So, it's almost, it's, it, I, I view periodization very differently at the elite Olympic level than I do to most of the people that we yeah. work with. Um, when, when you are the top 1% of your, it's particularly endurance athletes, when you're the top 1% of your sport, like, you need to be so specific with your training. Uh, we always preach, hey, every second of training should count towards performance improvement, and we back that in. For an age group triathlete or, or soccer runner, it's, it's more so because we can't do pro hours, we can't you know, train 30 hours a week or whatever. So, other things going on, yeah. so the training that you need to do is it needs to be super specific. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that the, the, the fitter you are, the harder it is to improve, the harder it is to adapt. You need to do more volume, you need to do more specific training. Everything is, is hyper-focused and specific versus majority of people still have scope to improve one way or another, yeah. but obviously they'll benefit more by being a bit more specific. So um, they literally do, like a, a lot of Olympic athletes literally do like a four-year plan yeah you know, I'll, I'll be honest i've never i've never done a four-year plan i've like i you know, maybe an 18 month plan yeah but a four-year plan is, is huge you know so that they take them in everything like you know, you've got strength and conditioning you've got your, your aerobic work really simply it's the same principles you've got your preparation which is basically your off-season slash preparation then you have your base phase or it depends what you're looking at then you your build phase your peak and taper phase uh and there's heaps of podcasts previously discussing the ins and outs of all those, or if you're talking about team sports, it's, it's, it's you've got your yeah, general preparation, general preparation, prep. preparation, competition, yeah, competition, off season, off season essentially. Um, so essentially, what we're doing, if we've got a four four year plan, they're pushing them back, you know, twelve months. So, so what does it mean? Um, look, in terms of in terms of maintaining aerobic power, okay, and, and we're going to talk about it in the context of, of endurance athletes, cyclists, the marathon runners, triathlon, that sort of stuff. Yeah. To maintain fitness, you need, or sorry, to maintain a rope power, which is your VO2 max, you need to do two high intensity sessions a week. Again, basically those VO2 sessions where you hold 95%, you're going balls out. You know, yeah. For two, three minutes, do it four, five, six times. Uh, that will maintain your rope power. That will, however, however, you're still going to lose endurance by doing that. Yeah. Okay. So at this time of year, like if you've still got 16 months till you need to peak, it's kind of, we're generalizing, which is typical to do. You can't really generalize because everybody has different injuries and requirements and all the rest. But generally speaking, um, I'd be reducing the load. But it also depends on your competition. I'll be reducing your load. You're stuck at home anyway, probably, you know, two times a week, whether that's cross-training on the bike, whether that's doing a hard treadmill session or, or outside whilst you can. Like sort of two 20-minute balls-out efforts, basically, uh, split into two to three minute efforts, yeah. 20 minutes of total working time, uh, and then just some, some general base, uh, whether that's you know one, two, or three, this is the Olympic level, mind mm. you, you know, 
is probably fine. But I guess, uh, and I'll, I'll hand over to one of you guys in a sec, I, I guess from my perspective, I'd be looking at weaknesses in terms of, uh, they should almost be peaked. They're four months out, so they should almost be peaked. So are, are there injuries involved? Are there move like, yeah. We know, like James Hansen, for example. Well, I was going to bring that up because James He's recently did his back, but then also there are like a couple, couple of athletes I know of who've been straight with injuries. Interesting implications on are they going to get a second chance to make a team for the the Olympics now that it's been pushed back? Are they going to have to do re- retrials because some guys who are injured, not able to race, now have an extra 12 months to get themselves right to then go into the trials and potentially take spots? So I think that's probably an interesting part of the prep as well, is that like now everyone's all those cusp athletes who yeah. are one, two spots away from making a team, yep. are they now thinking about, all right, it's not necessarily planning for the next 12 months when the Olympic trials are around, it's now planning for an eight-month block because that's when the trials are going to be again. Yeah, Are they going to have trials again? That's probably the other consideration yeah, as well. I think 100% they'll have yeah. trials again. Like, have, yeah, they have to. If you, yeah, you're talking about people that may be missed out due to injury this time, you can't lock in an athlete who's got 18 months mm. out to potentially have an injury and then they can't be locked yeah. in. So I think it's a clean slate now. I think everything gets wiped clean. All the sports go back and yeah, they work out the best way forward and then we go trials and then we, yeah. we hopefully... Well, they've come, out and said, goes ahead. they've come out and said that if you've qualified, you're in. Yeah, that was fair. But if, you, if you've yeah, already yeah. qualified, you're in. I don't know what that means for other people. I assume yeah. other than that, the, the slate is wiped clean. But, it, is, um, it is interesting though, because yeah, like, the like track said, cycling team announced their team. Yeah, it would have been four days ago, I think, four oh, or five days ago. Yeah. The track cycling team announced their team for the Olympics. So, I, I guess they're in. My understanding, and have, this is just me listening to it on the news. Like I just quickly heard yeah. it on the radio or whatever. Like they're in. If you've qualified, yeah. you're in. If you haven't, then I assume it's trials. But yeah, when they are, I couldn't tell you. So. Mm. Um, but it is a definitely it is an interesting one in terms of, I mean, you, an Olympic athlete's going to build up like we said, probably a four year prep. Some of the Commonwealth athletes probably a two year prep coming out of Com Games a couple of years ago. It's the type of thing you build, 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 build. And now there's nothing for 12, 14 months. Do you go into an off season and try and recover yourself up and reset for another block, knowing there's an extra fourteen months on your prep now? It's extended. Do you try to train through and and sort of peak as you would? as a practice run to see if that program works. Yeah, I mean, it's tricky, and it's, I guess the uh, short answer is, hey, none of us are at that point yeah. where we're actually training full-time yeah. an Olympic yeah. athlete. But, I mean, from my understanding of physiology, I'd say there's no no way, no way you're going to just keep training through as you are. Of the guys that are elite or close to that cusp mm. of qualifying, they're all injured or pretty much coming back from injury or they're injured or they're, like everybody's right at the top of their body. They're stressed out and their body's tired. It's trying to get that final one, two percent, which is a really yeah. hard stimulus to get. Uh, they're gonna have to recover. Yeah. But I guess the trick is how, like there's a, there's a big how difference much? between going into an active recovery phase where you're still doing two sessions a week and maintaining yeah. your power, losing endurance a bit, but Just maintaining stop. that VO2 max versus completely stopping. Yeah. Where all the research says that, you know, you'd stop for one week, you lose four weeks of mitochondrial mass. Like, that's just huge. Wow. Yeah. It's, a lot, it's a lot of like, and that again. That's the uh, and the fitter you are, the quicker you lose it as well. So mm-hmm. if you're elite, you're going to lose a lot, a lot quicker than if you're a mid-range age group triathlete or, yeah. or, or whatever you are. So there are a lot of uh, implications, a lot of unknowns. I guess uh, at the end of the day, that's why they have high performance, full, essentially full-time high performance yeah. coaches because it's a very individual thing. But from a, I guess from a theoretical standpoint, uh, I'd be look, looking at hey, 
what are you, injuries, let's get on top of them because we can. There's plenty of time to get your fitness back if you, if you dropped it. Do you lose it completely? I think that'd be silly. Active recovery, you know, doing some sort of, of training. Yep. Um, which, yeah, whether that's just two sessions a week or, or three or whatever it is, but a, a reduced training load. Um, and then, and then, sort of just consider you know, getting into doing some of that strength work, building up any weaknesses, whether it's muscular weaknesses, whether it's it's you know, it, I wouldn't even say it's a, I was gonna say it's a blessing in disguise, but maybe it's not. But it, it is yeah. for those cusp athletes, probably yeah. blessing in disguise for those yeah, cusp athletes so that can't quite there because I mean, they've stuffed up something in their training program or, or, or yeah. injuries or whatever. Got the track, the, the the men's track endurance team raced two down under at the start of the year, and Brian went down and yeah broke his collarbone, which so he you know did stay and ages back on the bike. Within a few days, um, but still has a team, didn't he? Yeah, so yeah. Still, but that's still an, in, it's an interrupted prep. You know, yeah, it's not ideal. Time. Yeah, correct. So something like that, you know, it's, we roll around. It'll be interesting. I'll, I'll, we'll be watching whether whether next year, if, if all things are up and firing by the start of next year, do the track endurance boys race the tour down under again in Olympic year? Because there's a lot of talk yeah. about whether they should have done that or or not mm. um, when that happened. But so it could be, yeah, yeah, that's right. It could be a case of what lessons did we learn. In the lead up and yeah. get some improvement. The same thing happened. It was at the Com Games. Was it was it Steel Von Hoff went down at Sandown? Was that no, Com? I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah but he actually won a few years ago. He won. Yeah, uh, was it Com Games? I anyway, can't remember. It, it, I remember. It, I think it was Steel Von Hoff went down at, at Sandown and he qualified for. That. I feel like it was the Commonwealth Games team because he actually he actually won. Anyway, I don't, I don't whatever it was. Games. He, he won something, but it was mm. like bro, yeah. Broken, um, broken cold oh, right. still trained indoors, got it done. But yeah. Uh, anyway, well, let's move on to. Well, I think just before we go. do, I think yeah. the other, and it's not our area, but psychologically, I think the athletes are, like they've have gone yeah, gone through months now of. Yeah. You've just well, first they're going to go through four years of put aside putting everything into it. Yeah, you're right. They've then gone through the last two months or however long it's been in various countries of is this going to happen? Uncertainty. Yeah. They've now had what we've said is probably inevitable and what they probably knew, but is still going to be devastating. Now that it's actually happened, they're not going to race or compete or play whatever their sport is at a high level for at no, least yeah, six true. months now. Yeah, you're right. So yeah, I think what you're saying is it would be silly to try and keep training at that yep. high intensity from a physical and a mental point. Like I think that take a break, mm. recoup. Mm. We've still got twelve months. Yeah, obviously we don't want to go backwards too far in in terms of where we're at, but. Yep. Um, yeah, that, that psychology will be really interesting in how different athletes will be feeling right now, and and I guess those that maybe are a little bit younger might be handling it okay, and those that might be getting towards the end of their careers, it might be yeah weighing on their minds a little bit more. And it'll be interesting to see how you know if we do go into a prolonged least restrictions or lockdown or whatever it is, like it's not a it's a psychological break from training, but it's not like you can go and just unwind at Port Douglas. Just, just still a pretty stressful time. Whatever it is, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a different type of, of stress. So, uh, yeah, no, that's a very good point about psychological. It's all, it's all impact, impact of potential loss of sponsors. I'm sure for a lot of athletes doing? and yeah, what are swimmers doing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Some, pool. some people chucking on a band, literally putting it on a band because they're lucky enough to have a home yeah. swimming pool, and then using that as a way just to keep them in the same spot. Which, yeah. Yeah, you got you got to be creative. So. Like lying down on a chair, yeah, I've seen on a bench, and, and that's the paddles. I don't want to keep harping on on this, but no, it's good. It's interesting. Is are we going to have a fair lead up to the Olympics? If they do go ahead middle of next year, say, at what point did Australian athletes get access to their normal facilities? At what yeah. point are swimming pools open? Which countries compared to first? at what point yeah, right. do the European countries get access to their swimming pools? And what points uh, do, do the athletes in the states? 
you know, if, if our swimming pool's open in October and we're back to relative normality, we know we're an island country, we can shut off fairly well. If the Europeans aren't back in their pools until April, yeah, and then is, is that a fair swimming competition at the Olympics? So there's, yeah. there's a huge number of things Pipe to play out gyms if this does, you know, and at this point we, we still wouldn't say with any certainty that we will have Olympics in in 14 months, we, yeah. it is. we hope we hope by then it's things are back to relative normality. But yeah, I've so I've spoken to a few guys that I'm coaching at the moment and who do triathlon, and they're whilst they can doing open water swimming. Yeah, whether it's a lake, yeah, which we, we come into winter. Yeah, the northern hemisphere mm. coming into summer, so yeah. there's a change in in who's got access to what for the next period as well. Yeah, no, it'd be interesting times. Yeah. Um, let's move on to. Everybody who's watching, everyone else, <laughs> age group races, ages. age group races. So yeah. looking at like, say, Kansas cancelled, Paul Max cancelled, Spasselton's still on. Yes, at this stage, Kansas postponed. Yeah, to an un so yeah, Paul yeah. Max off. Yeah, Kansas. Uh, they're saying there'll be a, a new date, and they keep saying they're looking at venues. So I don't know if yeah, yeah, date and venue, but interesting. Roth is just a matter of time. Apparently that's still on, but I can't imagine that's going ahead. I find it very hard at this yeah. point to see how Kona goes ahead. Yeah, Kona. You know, that's October, yeah. but there's no races. So yeah. how can we? How can we? We spoke in the previous podcast. If you watched that about Ironman VR, qualify. there's no talk about Kona spots from that. Mm. So there's only 3 spots. So how do we have athletes at Kona if there hasn't been an Ironman for yeah. eight mm. months? Pros and age groups. Yep. The pros are in a slot system now as well, not points. So mm. what are we gonna have? 10 pros and 400 age groupers that were lucky enough to get a race in. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. Tra can we travel? Yeah, can, can we travel when travel bans well, lifted? Right. Yeah. And, and having, yeah, like, are they going to shut down big international gatherings as well? Like Kona, you've got people coming from all sorts of places across the world into one highly concentrated area. Yeah. Is that is that still going to be okay at that point? Are we past it where we can have that yeah. type of event or not? Yeah, so obviously, Busso is still... Still open, open. Yeah. still enter, yeah. and my thoughts is if, if Australia can get this under, under control, control, potentially international borders are still shut, but Busso could still go Internally ahead, in my mm. view, if, mm. if things are okay, because if we can travel around the yep. country, yep. we'd still get probably 80% of the athletes would be Australian anyway. Yeah, yeah. but a, and it's not just triathlon, like I say, Boston was recently cancelled, yep. um, London's all, postponed. Yeah. Yeah. All local cycling races are just yeah, off. Yeah, Tour to it, obviously. Off, the Tour will go. Yeah. The Volta's August, so if the Olympics are off, you presume the Volta will be off. Yeah, yeah. So, so really, the, the two the two main questions are, are one, hey, what, and you're probably asking yourself, no, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> um, my race has been cancelled, I'm fit for it. Yeah. We had athletes that were ready to go for um, uh, for Shepparton coming out. Like, that yeah. was a key rough, and that's just around the corner. And, um, so, so one, what do I do? But I think it's, it, more importantly as well is when is the next race? Because uh, like oh, some of the triathlons have been actually they've got a date, haven't they? Like Shepparton has actually got a date. They picked, they committed to a date. Yeah. Yep. So I guess some 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 events lucky enough to have a, a tentative sort of date locked yeah. in so long as everything goes to plan. But then others is kind of a waiting game of, of who knows. Right, yeah. Um, but I guess to the question, look, let, let, let's use, let's maybe use just a hypothetical situation. Let's say most people, uh, let's say you, you're training for an event within the next three months, so whether that be April through to sort of June period, um, so you'd be reasonably fit, you've probably just finished your base, moving into uh, some race-specific preparation, I would yeah. think, particularly well if you're doing yeah. April, yeah, if you're April, you'd be well and truly race fit, and then if you're doing something in June, you're probably just starting that, that, that race-specific preparation. Um, so again, what do we do? So let's say, all right, we've got 
racing within three months, but now it's been pushed back by six. Let's just sort of use that sort of scenario, which I think is a pretty common one for most people. Mm. Um, again, I guess if you were fit, if you were at your peak, then it's the same as the Olympians. You're not going to just keep rolling through. Yeah. You're going to be cooked. And you're not motivated for it as well. Like you had this mountain bike race coming up, which I know was cancelled before all that stuff, but like your training's gone, gone down since then as well, hasn't it? Like you oh, need something to, you need my, to motivate you. My goal is still busso, but there was port to port at the end of May. So yeah, that sort yeah. of interim, you know, four day, four stage, four day mountain bike race had gave me the motivation to really nail the cycling for the first up till that point. And then from there, it was a good time to probably start an Ironman build. That's gone the whole um, six hour series that Victoria usually runs mountain biking off. You know, everything's off. So <laughs> yeah. So now it's Swift's on. So now, yeah. yeah Bustleton's still nine months away. Yeah. With potentially 70.3 Melbourne, potentially Melbourne Marathon, but we're still looking mid-October. So, yeah, my training's yeah. ceased, Monday to Friday at least, it's ceased for around mm. the last month. Weekends yep. I've been sort of motivated just to do some gentle stuff. So, yep. yeah, I guess my my risk now is I don't want to, I know that I don't want to start an Ironman build from now, mm. but I don't want to wait three months and then have lost and be, be starting, starting from, from such a low. Behind. Yeah. yeah so, you know, to find that motivation now to yep. keep, I guess, the VO2 side, the aerobic power yep. up and a, and a reasonable, just a sort of base endurance phase, it can be really hard to find the motivation, especially yeah. if you can't, if it does get to not be able to go outside and limiting things like that, it's, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, I might, I might um, continue on by, by talking a bit with you, Nick, about the physiological aspect of what we might do and mm. then jump back to Tyler to see if there's anything from a psychological perspective because yeah. it's... <laughs> If we it's can tell you what to do, yeah. but psychologically you've got to be motivated. You've got to be in the to mindset do it. to do it, yeah. Um, so let's say, all right, so you just finished your race specific build, and now we're getting pushed back six, six to nine months. Um, again, I'll be looking at at, uh, at weaknesses, injuries, strength yeah. deficiencies, mobility issues, that sort of stuff, uh, which, are, which are pretty common with things that occur. Um, I'd probably, to be fair, I'd probably go similar down a similar trend of. of the, the Olymp, what we recommended for the Olympic guys in, in an active recovery sort of phase yep. where you're still doing probably two high intensity sessions a week. I wouldn't be as concerned with the with the, the specificity of that. Like, yeah. you know, just do something hard yep. for 10 to 20 minutes twice yep. a week. Have yep. something that's going to push you a little bit. It yep. doesn't have to be super long, but it's getting all your responses up there, getting heart rate, things like that yeah. up there, getting yeah. a bit of lactate in your system. Yeah, if you can get to 95% velocity, yeah. right. or you get to 100, whatever it is, yeah. like if you get a structured workout, so it's better than uh, And we're gonna create, over the next week or so, we're gonna create a custom built set of workouts which are gonna be really beneficial for yep. a, a base phase, so stay tuned for that, we'll give you more information on that when we can. Um, but at the end of the day, if you're not at that top 5% of your peak fitness, yep. um, then something better than nothing. Keep it, keep it easy. Do something hard, and it needs yep. to be hard. Hard is hard, easy is easy. Keep it really, really hard. High intensity. Uh, even going out and doing like a, you can even do, do a tempo run, but a hard tempo run, like a five yep. k effort, twenty yep. minutes or whatever that's actually easy, twenty yep. minutes. Or you can break down a little bit harder, do your five on five or two, whatever it is. But as, yep. as, a, as a really simplistic way, keep it hard. As a bit more specific way, then keep it like. At and above your threshold, there's always more stimulating than below. Yeah. So even a, even a five k time trial, twenty minutes is going to be slightly above your threshold, yep. slightly above five percent or so. Mm. Um, 
or just follow the principles we've talked before in terms of uh, keep it you know under four minutes with a one to one balls out as hard as twenty five percent equal recovery. Um, or you could even do the opposite, opposite way where you go slightly above, so a little bit faster, than like a five k pace, for example. We could do like a, a, a five or a ten minute effort with yeah, half, half the recovery, recovery, which is completely mixing zones. We're saying that's a th- hey, you just you just drop a threshold session, but you also did a VO two session. What we're trying to say is when we're not worried about about necessarily improving you're just yeah. maintaining our fitness just do something hard yeah as long as it's threshold or above yeah. or close to threshold or above you can't really go wrong, can't really go wrong. Um, so that'd be two, two times a week would be your sort of your base and then anything else would just be keep it easy yeah. zone two keep it, keep it really really easy there yeah, uh, and then it's just a count back like if you've got a reasonable level of fitness then i'd be saying look if you're doing seventy point three, maybe four months of, of specific training would be enough. Probably mm. one week of, of focused base, where you're building up the Ks again, and then sort of moving into like a, a more race-specific race three-month prep. If you do nothing, like as I said before, you do nothing for a week, you lose four weeks of mitochondrial density. You do that yeah, for four weeks, you lose a lot. Of, almost back, not back to baseline, but not yeah. far off it. You will get it back. Remember that you've still got the structures in place. You've got the bathtub, you just got to fill it back up. That's the mitochondrial mass that I like to that say. One. Loves that one. You've got the structure, but you've got to turn the tap on. Take the plug out and you lose all your mitochondria pretty quick. Plug it in and it takes a while to fill up when you turn the tap on. That's the training. So that's my little analogy. You like that one? That was yeah. for 2016, one of the yeah. first ones. Yeah. So you, you, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go into this. This is your bathtub. It's small, right? It's full. Well, you do your training, your base trace training, you do your respiratory, you get a bigger bathtub and it's full, right? If you stop training, you don't reduce your bathtub. It's still the same yeah, size. size. You've got the structure yeah. there. You've just taken the plug out because you're not training and it drains out and you've got nothing left, right? You're back to base fitness. However, when you do start training, chuck the plug in, turn the tap on, that's your training. You will get back there. It just takes a lot longer. You lose a lot quicker, but your actual peak potential is relatively unchanged. It's a very yeah. simplistic model. So, um, so we would be saying, look, let's, if you don't know when your race is, you know, I reckon if you've got a four-month heads up, you'll mm. be okay for most of us, yeah. um, particularly if you are doing two times a week sort of training, getting a, keeping a reasonable aerobic power. Uh, but then if you decide to just do nothing and you just go into full lockdown, you're not even training at all, I'd probably mm. just give that close to that six-month build because uh, yep. you're going to need that extra two months to get up there. Yeah. Anything from a psychological perspective that comes in, if you say, oh, six months, I guess if you're not training too much, that's a bit of a break. And yeah. then, you know, two times a week versus doing seven sessions a week is probably enough of a break. Yes, it, de- it depends who you are. So if you're like me, I am notoriously bad at exercising just for the sake of yep. being active. If I yeah. don't have a goal purpose, yeah. or a race or something, I don't, I find myself making excuses and not getting out. So what I would do is, yeah, and it's hard without a date, but I will build back probably six to eight months, something like that, from when Busso is. And I go, right, what have I got between now and where, where? Where do I need to be at the start to start that program? And then how long is that? To fill that time, I'll, I'll make myself little goals. So working on my FTP yeah, good is not something that I generally, yeah. you know, I, I won't be focusing on that. Mm. But this might be a good time where I might set myself a four-week goal of, of I'll do an FTP test tomorrow. Yep. I'm going to do four weeks of very 10, specific 10 watts, watts. training towards that. It's not going to help my Ironman, or it is. It's not going to be specific for my Ironman, but really specific for that. Retest in four weeks. That you know, that's a sort of short-term goal that I will need. Um, that might be a, a, a run for running. It might come up with a little loop around your block. It doesn't yep. have to be a, a recognised five k course. Just saying that you can mm. repeat. Yep. Have a go at it, 
trying specifically that, have another go at it. If you do it every week or so, whatever, yeah, just yeah. A, a little go at that. It might be, if, it's, if you're not performance-based, you want to find a way to just get out, use social media. Social media is going to be yeah, huge huge over the next period. When we, if we do go to full isolation, Strava, Instagram, challenge your friends, use Strava as a way to be accountable, you know, follow each other and, and give each other a phone call if, if something you see someone's not getting out, give them a phone call, just I think check up on how they're feeling. Um, you know, if I if I've committed to, to doing if Luke and I commit, Luke, Nick and I all commit we're gonna ride Monday, Wednesday, Friday, all of us and you know, that's certainly saying that if I wake up Friday and I don't want to ride, but I know that Luke, Nick and I have all committed to ride every Friday and now it's gonna say that they've all done it on that pops up on their Strava or their Zwift and I haven't done it, then you know, that's a really good way for me to keep myself motivated and, and tick those boxes. So, mm. No, I think, that's, I think goal setting is actually a really, really positive thing to finish off on. Uh, what is it? The, you've got the progress, the performance and the outcome goals. That that sound right? Okay. Outcomes goals is I came top three in an Ironman or whatever. Yeah, it is. Performance it. goal is I did this time, which is sort of what Tyler was yeah. saying there. Hey, I broke my 5K PB. I, yeah. I cracked the 20 minutes for the first time ever. Yep. I held 330 watts for 20 minutes, whatever that is. Yep. And then your progress goals is, oh, I got out three times a week. I got out Monday, Wednesday, Friday with my mates, whatever it is. So I think um, when we can't really focus on that outcome goal just yet, because it's too far away or, or, or it's, uh, we don't even know when it is, then performance goal and progress goals, so performance goal again, being a, hey, I set myself a target of hitting 20 minute 5K time trial. And the progress goal is well, I'm gonna guarantee I'm gonna train twice a week at these high intensity sessions that we just recommended, plus another one, and you do it with, on, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, whatever, is a really good way to stay motivated in the time that's probably fairly demotivating for a lot of athletes. Uh, anything, any final thoughts? Yeah, I, yeah, so, yeah. Oh, even, um, and it came up with an abstract goal. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a 5K goal or a, no. a yeah, big, something, something that you would never do. Maybe there's a, a big hill somewhere where you, you live and you're going to, that new goal is, you know, see how long it takes you out there and come up with a goal to run up the hill. You know, something that's... 2000 watt challenge. Everything's going to be very different. There's no <laughs> traditional yeah. racing for, for the foreseeable future. So do some different things. Like if, it's, if you're a triathlete, you can still be swim, bike, probably can't be swim, still be bike yeah, and run. Cross training. Yeah, if, you, if, you, if, you're tri if you're triathlete, typically doing a lot of flat stuff, go yeah. and do the ride on Zwift where you get the, what's the hill, what's the yeah. climb? Alp to Zwift. Alp to Zwift or whatever. Great, just see, see how. a great way to get an hour of hard work. An hour of hard work, bang, there's your session, more. but something you may not normally do if you're normally always on a TT on the flat. Yeah, run some trails something while we still can, yeah. while we still Mix it up, run some it trails. Cross train, keep it interesting. Yeah. I think finally, like good good time to address any injuries that you do have is yeah, probably the last thing. Physios are still operating like virtually and things like that now, which is useful. So get in contact and try it. Like if you've got something wrong, this is the time to get on top of it to reset your body, make sure everything's all right so that when you do get back into training, you're not starting from a worse spot because you've still got an Achilles tendon up that hanging around, you've still got a muscle tear somewhere, something's not quite right. If you then all of a sudden inevitably, let's say they drop a race and they turn they turn around, Ironman turns around, or whichever, whichever race series turns around and goes, we're racing next month, um, as opposed to giving you six weeks or six months in advance or six weeks in advance, whatever, it's like, yeah, we're racing in four weeks. You don't want to all of a sudden then rock up on race day and do something worse. Yeah. Probably the time to reset. Um, yeah. Yeah, sort yourself sure. out physically so that when you get back into training, specifically for your for your races, that you you're doing it correctly and you're not hurting yourself in the process. Yeah, yeah. So in summary, today, guys, um, if you, if your race is 
probably going to be six months or further away. Yeah. Consider, again, doing some active recovery, reduce the number of times you're training per week. Try to aim for those two really hard sessions of 20 minutes worth of effort time. Don't get too caught up on it. Just go hard, threshold and above. Um, if you do have any injuries, definitely address it. But really try to set some goals, keep it interesting, do some cross training. Uh, if you do have uh, injuries, then keep an eye out for the next podcast episode. We're going to talk about some at-home strength stuff that you can do when you don't have any equipment whatsoever, or maybe you just have some bands and some, some really light stuff that you can use. Uh, and if you have mobility issues and stuff, we can talk about the mobility playbook. We've got yeah. all that sort of stuff. But keep, keep an eye out for these training peaks, um, pre-programmed workouts we're going to have. So it's going to be basically, hey, your race is six months away. These are really good sessions that you can just load into Zwift and all your smart trainers and so on and so forth. And also mobility playbook as well. We'll give you, give you some more information about that as well. But if you are interested, let us know just so we, we know to contact you. Yeah. Um, otherwise, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in.